This is the DiPietro and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. Observations. I'll go to observations if and when I want to go to observations. These. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fired. Are knobs. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs. And this. Have a nice fight, Mike. Off. Is observations. All right, very timely. Bill Belichick parting ways with the Patriots. Came across this yesterday, actually, ironically enough. So, this is more of a one of those social media lures kind of thing where Bill Belichick a couple of years ago he was coming out of the tunnel to coach against the Lions <laughs> and this happened Hoodie at the ready indoors <laughs> look at he that. ain't shaking the kid's hands either so he walked right by a bunch of kids right that were they Detroit, didn't give him a high five yeah, right? you remember that I do Detroit Lions fans so did you see what's happened since then Mm-mm. those kids were the recipient of Bill Belichick finding a way to get in touch with them. And Bill actually signed the exact freeze frame of him walking by them with their hands out and him staring at them briefly. Oh, that's cool. As if to say, I have no time for you whatsoever, you Lions fans. And he signed the photo. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's on brand, too. I love it. Good guy. It's like, the op- it's like the opposite of an observation, though. Yeah, I know, but it started out as a knob, but it was it, it's too timely to pass. Wow. Um... This one's a knob, and I think it's going to put Brick in a bad mood. Oh, okay. God. So, Taylor Lewan, offensive lineman. Familiar? Yeah. So, he made a post on the socials just reacting. He was blown away that Mike Vrabel, uh, in fact, got fired. He played for Vrabel, obviously, in Tennessee. And he wrote a very short reaction where he commented, Ray- uh, Raymond found this, actually. And uh, he said Vrabel, when, when he was his coach, was one of his favorites ever, loved everything about him, even loved the coaching staff. And in the second little notation, I guess paragraph, if you want to call it that, he said he loved every single member of Vrabel's staff, and in parentheses, he goes out of his way to say, besides Keith Carter. Mm. So I don't expect most people to know who that who is Who is yet. Keith Carter, RJ? We're going to get to that. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's very important to the story. So commenting on the post was Mackay Becton. And he said, second paragraph ain't nothing but facts. That's the one where he says, I love everyone that he ever played under, under Vrabel's staff, besides Keith Carter. That's interesting. Mackay Becton. Then Brees Hall on Twitter responded to this with laughing, crying emojis, where it highlights the part about Keith Carter. So now, Dave, your question becomes very relevant. RJ, who is Keith Carter? Well, Dave... He's currently the offensive line coach and run game coordinator for the New York Jets. Oh, boy. So of course he is. Apparently one of the most disliked assistant coaches in the league. And he's coming back. He's coming back for the Jets. That's great. How, how Listen, he might be the worst coach in the world. How tone deaf and ignorant do you have to be if you're Mekhi Becton and Brees Hall and you're commenting like that on that post? I think this is some of the little stuff that Aaron Rodgers was talking about. That's that is so embarrassing for those two guys. Well, I don't know if it's embarrassing for those guys. Oh, I, mean, I think it is. Well, Becton's on the way out. 
Becton's on the way out. I think, I mean, what's embarrassing is that we're keeping this guy. I think all of it's embarrassing. I think the fact that they would think that's okay to do is a problem. I think the fact that this guy is going to be retained in his current role is a problem. And and this is on the heels of Aaron Rodgers saying, we got to clean all the BS out of the locker room? Yeah, this is a different world, though, man. Like, I don't know. I'm so happy I did not play in this this environment. This social media world? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, I mean, I can... Like, I, I want to believe that I wouldn't do stuff like this, but I don't know. You're in a locker room. You have a bad season. You know the coach stinks. Everyone hates him. Uh, the temptation's there to just, hey, I'll like this tweet. But I, that's that's the thing that pisses me off the most, though. Like, you could, again, I said, like, you can... You can bring Robert Sala back. You can bring Nathaniel Hackett back because you have to, and you know it's it's Aaron Rodgers. But they're like, you can you can improve other areas if you have to. Like it doesn't mean you just like to bring every single person back. It's kind of wild to think that you you won seven games, we're done with the postseason, you know, by two thirds of the way through the year, and are bringing everybody back into the organization. Yeah, it's great. Meanwhile, Mike Vrabel got fired. Right. Right. I'm sorry. I feel bad for No, it's okay, RJ. had to do it. RJ, the show goes on. Continue. It has to. And it will. And I'm sorry. I just want you to be happy, Rick. So, moving on. Dan Graziano. (laughs) (laughs) Right after Aaron Rodgers, huh? Yeah, but I'm not even going to set this up. This is Dan Graziano uh, on uh, Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. I think Aaron's, you know, sort of living down to his reputation in a lot of ways uh, as a, as a, you know, attention hungry, you know, self-absorbed individual that, you know, you hear a lot of things about how he's been in the Jets building since he got there and they're positive, you know. Con artists can be very convincing, <laughs> and uh, I think if he's if he's got the Jets fooled about who he is, then that's too bad for them, and eventually they'll pay the price for it. But uh, he's obviously uh, a liar and a, a, a narcissistic con artist uh, who is bad for everything he touches, and I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price. My goodness! Wow, that was scorched earth after Rodgers, huh? I felt real personal. I wonder if there is. I, I got. I got to do some investigative work and see what the issue is with uh, Graziano. Am I wrong? Rogers. Like, does that for for does everyone it felt, not feel it that felt way? angry? Didn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I. I mean, I know there's people that don't like him. I mean, he's, he's definitely polarizing. But like every every one of his teammates seems to like him. I don't know if everyone in Green Bay liked him, but I mean, his Jets teammates seem to love him. His teammates love him. I don't think there's any doubt with that. I think it's the, the public perception. It's either you're very defensive of Aaron Rodgers or you think he's kind of a fool. Well, he's real calculated. I mean, there was a lot of time. I mean, there's a lot of talk in Green Bay, just, you know, him not really taking an active role with the younger players, younger receivers. And now maybe he's decided he's going to go out of his way to make sure that doesn't happen again. I don't know. But call someone a con artist and it seemed uh, like there was some real. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he hates him. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> wow. Yeah, not great. Not great. A um, little lighter. We'll, we'll try and uh, lighten the mood. So, you know who's had an interesting couple of weeks is Jair Alexander, corner for the Packers. So, Got suspended by the team. Yeah, he went out there, mishandled the coin toss that he, <laughs> that he wasn't invited to. That's that same guy. I believe he's the highest paid corner in the league. Mm, he's right? good when he's healthy and right. Yeah. So, Alexander was walking out of the Green Bay Packer facility. And, you know, they're getting ready for a playoff game. There was a, a live shot, WBAY in Wisconsin, getting fans excited for the playoff game. And this happened. And I'm sure they'll bring that energy right to Texas. Pack is back. <laughs> you heard it from a fan right here. Pack is back. 
So that fan was Jair Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> and he put his sunglasses in, on and walked away. Oh, that's wonderful. She had no idea that's who it was? Zero. And I'm Zero. sure they'll bring that energy right to Texas. Um, Peg is back. <laughs> you heard it from a fan right here. Pack is back. The fan, yeah. He's a big fan. He does not do coin tosses, but he's a big fan. Well, he might know how. He just wasn't really supposed to be out there for them. Yeah, that's a good point. So... Like if, you. if you don't know how to do a coin toss, something is going terribly wrong now. You have to be very careful in the words you choose. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be involved in the coin right, toss. No, I know. that There lies the issue, but I think he could have called heads or tails. <laughs> think. <laughs> Were you supposed to be up there? Oh, he did call heads or tails. He didn't He didn't say what he wanted the right way. Yeah. He didn't say we defer. He said we'll, we'll play defense. Yeah, which <laughs> leaves it open to both giving the ball away to open the game and at halftime. But I think the real problem is that he was the one out there. Yeah, he was not invited. Should not right. have been there. <laughs> but no. the guys knew he's from there. Though. He's from there. So they <laughs> got to know. Um, so you're by now familiar with the Saints not kneeling on the ball to get Jamal Williams' first touchdown of the season. Mm-hmm. So Jameis Winston and a reporter had, I, I borderline that this shouldn't even be a knobs, because it's it's the most respectful back and forth I've ever heard. The head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion? Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as you could, and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can that I respectfully disagree with you. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay, so you disagree with the entire team. So thank you. No, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do too. Yes. And that's what I am doing. So, yes. Why don't we have back and forth like that? That is so lovely. I mean, the, the word respectful and respectfully was was used a minimum of probably like six times. Yeah. In that back and forth. Please, thank you. Yeah. I think, I think that's how we need to carry it. My goal tell you is too. to be respectful. I got to tell you, with all the support that's coming out from that team for Jameis Winston, I, how does Dennis Allen still have a job? That now, see, when we talked earlier about if you're a team right now that just needs to sit back and evaluate the last forty-eight hours, yep, I, I was really thinking of the same. There's one, yeah, they, they, uh, absolutely. Uh, hang, I, on. Oh, hang on, oh, hang on, hang they on. They try to steamroll right through me. I will not let that happen. I really didn't, but okay. You're listening to DPH on Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN, WEPN-FM, New York. That's right. So are you familiar with Cutter Gautier? Yes. Hmm. So if you're not, uh, he was a prospect on the Flyers. They traded him. He's off to Anaheim. Uh, Gautier actually helped the U.S. to a World Junior Championship. Champions, champions. That they are. I don't know if Field Yates sent them a message, but... He was traded. Beat, they beat Sweden in Sweden, RJ. Really did. That. Yep. He was traded for Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick. So the Flyers took Gautier with the number five pick in the 22 draft. And apparently he had no intention of signing with the Flyers. So he was shipped off. Uh, John Tortorella, friend of Rick, actual friend of Rick, yeah, uh, was asked <laughs> about Cutter and his uh, disloyalty. To the Flyers. I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall. I'm not too interested in talking about him. I'd rather talk about Jamie. He's the guy that's coming here. Mm, okay, so that's part one. Part two is that there was a report out there, out of Philadelphia, that Kevin Hayes, former Ranger, actually had a hand in the rift between Gautier and the team. And here's what happened with old Torts. The guy here that caused Kevin Hayes a problem? Yes. You? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You think Kevin Hayes is going to do something like that? It's f- pisses me off that, that you guys throw that 
around and affect someone's life. Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement on how to play. That's a good man. That's a good man. And, and what you said is going to stay with them. It'll, it'll, that, that's what you guys don't understand. You say something, and you're going to sit there and say you have the right sources. I call Wow. Yeah. That guy was awfully proud to stand up and say, yeah, it was me. Oh, he wanted to fight. He knew what he was getting. Well, I, I might have missed it when you, if you just said it. What, what did they say about Kevin Hayes? All right, so Kevin Hayes, so it was reported that Kevin Hayes, who played, who played for the Flyers. And the Rangers. Yeah, was responsible for why... Gauthier didn't okay. want to be a flyer. He said some things, some negative things about Torts, and that's why the kid didn't want to be there gotcha. or didn't want to sign with them. Like they flew, so Keith Jones and Danny Briere, the GM, so the president and the GM flew all the way to Sweden to meet with the kid, and the kid wouldn't wouldn't meet with him. So they're like, "Okay, you told us you wanted to be a flyer. You clearly don't want to be a flyer. You're you're out of here." Then they traded him to uh, Anaheim. And where's Kevin Hayes now? Uh, Kevin Hayes is in St. St. Louis. Okay, so he's no longer with the Flyers. No, but he's getting like he, he's like getting death threats and stuff oh, from Flyers terrible. fans. Terrible. Yeah, he's a St. Louis Blue. Well done. Uh, all right, Raymond. Taking an Uber to and from your own bank robbery. Did it happen? Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me in Florida. The Florida Panthers. I was coaching. Yeah, you don't care. No. So I actually wanted to do the naked guy that did a cannonball into a giant aquarium at a basketball shop. Yeah, but we shop. all saw that story. Yeah, it really, it, yeah. It, yeah, you can't unsee it. It wasn't much to see. No. Wow. Water must have been very... I didn't even see anything. <laughs> Are you disappointed? Uh, like you, you, I you, think he should be disappointed. Like you click on the video and you would, you know, you want to... He's fully naked. I zoomed in. Was he Was he drunk? I would I hope so. I, listen, <laughs> I can't speak to if this. If you're doing that on your own accord, then yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he wasn't... He his... wasn't well endowed. Uh, <laughs> so well, he stopped being such a creeper. So I had. Uh, did I, you see the video? I have not. Yeah, check I it. have a small bone. Yeah, check it out. You can't. <laughs> and then you can. I zoomed in. You still can't. There's nothing. All right, I'm fine with that. I don't care. So I need to. I need to move down the depth chart to my to my next story. Uh, so we have some audio. I'm not going to tell you too much. During you know during the holidays, we're all taking pride in our, our gift giving. But sometimes I guess when you you don't get what you want, you have to go take it. Usually that would mean buying it, not for this person in this place. So a woman in this place, she she got a notification on her Ring doorbell app. Uh, she wasn't home, and she looked outside, and she saw someone, this is a real thing, stealing her driveway. What are you talking about? She, st- she had the pavement, the slab of pavement that was her driveway taken. People will take anything, huh? And if you don't believe me... What used to be a concrete slab outside... ...is now a patch of dirt that she didn't ask for. Someone took her driveway as she was trying to get ready for Christmas. Of all the things that you worried about getting stolen, did you think the driveway was one of them? (laughs) No, not at all. And it's just a muddy patch between (laughs) two... I I still don't exactly understand how the driveway was stolen, to be honest, and what you would use the... The stolen driveway for I don't for know own, either for your own driveway, but but yeah, you just pick it up and put it down <laughs> because if her house it's it's a short driveway, it's just a slab of mud and then the lawn on on either side. I, I never I, I I you know I'm gonna make sure we lock our driveway up every night. I never realized this was something <laughs> to be concerned about. <laughs> After I walk the dogs, I'm gonna make sure to lock the driveway. 
just gone. <laughs> now we parked two cars on the driveway. Do you think that would that'll hold it down? Like will, a, will they will they not be able to get the uh, like? I've always worried about the cars being taken. Never oh, the well, I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous. I, now you could get your driveway and car stolen at the same time. Yeah. Think Do you think were... they move the cars and just take the driveway? No, the car's like a paperweight. I would. Oh. Hold it down. I would think that stealing a driveway would require heavy, loud machinery. Mm-hmm. I love this story, RJ. This, this is... might be one of my favorite stories. <laughs> so I ask you. Did this driveway theft happen in Florida? Did did they catch the culprit? I think the person is still at large. large. Oh, still no. large. Can you imagine, imagine making a call to the police? Someone has stolen a driveway and it's driving down. They probably yeah. hung up on him the first time. <laughs> it, was like, it was the neighbor. Just has this beautiful new driveway. I um, say, if this isn't Florida, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, it, it, I think it has to be Florida. No. Yeah, I'm going. I'm uh, I'm a thousand percent sure this I, is Florida. I'm, I'm, a hundred percent sure it's Florida, but if you were to tell me it's not Florida, I would go out of this country. But I'm going to say absolutely Florida. Sure, let's go Florida. <laughs> it has to be. It just had to be, and it is. Orlando, Florida. Orlando. I, I yeah. need to search this to see if there's a resolution. This is it. This is unbelievable. That's and, so good. And that is DFNOPT. Wow, what a story. So good. You you know what? You really brought it today. RJ, you're doing a great job. You're at you a different that? level today, RJ. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. After you were mean to me earlier in the show, you've really brought your A game since then. I, I listen. We're, we're we're nothing if not honest. Too I'll honest. tell you what. Tuesday, bit of a struggle. Wednesday, Thursday, uh, as good as it gets. Tuesday was because his hair was off. His his energy was not there. You no. felt like he had just returned from what was a a, a bender kind of a trip. And boy, y- yesterday good, not great. Today great. Finding my stride again, you would say. I think so. I think it's very fair to uh, say. You're playing guilty is what you're doing, and I appreciate it. Uh, news of the day. Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft agree. We're parting ways. It's done. So Belichick is now available. And I think that's part of the – it's a huge story. And I think – I'm surprised Jets fans are not calling more kind of celebratory that – I mean, you don't have to deal with Brady anymore, haven't in years. Belichick, neither him and and this, the Patriots, just a bad football team at this moment. Yeah, but, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are good. The Miami Dolphins are good. Oh, no. I, listen, you, your division is still very, very good. So Belichick is gone, and that's a huge story. But it's it's baked into everything else going on within NFL circles and the head coaches. And that is, it sounds like Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be available. Where is he going to go? Mike Vrabel is available. Where is Belichick going to go? And there's a, there's probably, I don't know, we went through it before, maybe 10 jobs we'd say you wouldn't even think about moving on from your head coach, even if he's still employed. And the rest of them could be open season. I don't ever remember an offseason, Rick. And I don't think there's ever been, to be honest with you, where there's this level of great coach available. Not like this, no. Pete Carroll is available? Like no, and even, like, dude, even some of the young, you know, young hot coordinators. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people believe that Ben Johnson's going to be a really good coach. Yeah. And he kind of gets pushed to the side now because you have these you know, established coaches that are, are looking for jobs. That's wild, man. It really is. And older coaches, too. I mean, Belichick's, what, 71, 72? Pete Carroll, 72? Like, I mean, these are old coaches in this league. That was the most shocking one for me. Was Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll is I had, not. I had, maybe it was me, but my head was in the clouds. I had zero anticipation that he was going to be out in Seattle. No, I had no idea that he was going to be gone. That one surprised me the most. And then Saban, and Saban retiring. I know there's been kind of whispers about that, but I didn't. He there was no indication that this was going to be the time. I right. Mean, I but guess I, he was. I guess he was like they had a uh, uh, SEC coaches conference call, and I guess he was pretty animated on the call too, just about how 
uh, the the NIL and and all the other stuff going on in college football right now. The transfer. But no, I, I agree with you as far as what's the most shocking. The mo- I mean, the Belichick is just it's it's happened, so it's it's discussion worthy. Nothing about it is shocking. Pete Carroll's the most shocking one to me. Yeah, that's the one that surprised me the most. That's the one I didn't see coming. I expected at some point Belichick was most likely going to be gone. There was rumblings about Vrabel and not getting along with the GM, and he could be gone. But I didn't. I didn't. I thought Pete Carroll would just be done when he was was going to be done, and it didn't. I didn't get any indication that he felt like he was done. Well, I don't think he does feel like he's done. I think he's so, and and you watch him and and you don't you don't look and and think to yourself, boy, that's a, that's an old decrepit head coach. Just the opposite. Like he he's lively and bouncing with energy and seems to love the game. And I mean, I think I saw this. I think they, they, they've had 20 playoff appearances in, in franchise history, and Pete Carroll has 10 of them. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the uh, – how many guys that's won a national championship in a Super Bowl? It's a great question. I think, I, one I, mean, th- I, say, I, think he's, I think I saw one of three maybe. One of three? Does that sound right? I'm trying to think who else, who Jimmy else is John- there. Jimmy Johnson. Right, with, with – uh, with Miami, Miami. and with the, the Cowboys. Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer. There's Switzer, three, right? Oklahoma, and the Cowboys. Is there it. only three, RJ? That's it, right? And so. then this one, right? That's the yeah. three. That's them. Yes. I, I, I'll tell you what, Barry. I mean, nobody had an easier run to a championship than Barry Switzer. My God. Yeah, he kind of fell in it. I think he I knew mean, he, he fell, fell in it, fell right too. into it. Well, didn't he say during like the documentary that he, they, he said to Jerry, like, why the hell are you firing Jimmy Johnson? Well, it, it still makes no sense. That was, that, was an e- that was an ego from... Uh, from Jimmy. Well, I think it probably didn't help that or they were teammates. That they were probably that they were teammates too. They won a national championship as teammates, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. Correct. But so maybe there was some jealousy. Back. There was some jealousy back then. But you're winning. Your team's great. It was before free agency. You could have won. I mean, honestly, that Cowboys team could have won five, six championships. Thank yeah, God for Jerry with Jones. You. I don't they could have. They could have won none had the Vikings not been one of the dumbest trades in the history of football. And they, they could have won five or six had they not, not been stupid enough to break it up. Well, maybe because they broke it up now is why they're, they're dealing with not being able to get back there. That's right. He cursed the franchise. Let's go to some of the calls. 1-800-919-3776. By the way, you know who's joining us at 830 this morning? The one and only Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. Now, am I going to have to play Peacemaker? Are you yeah. you're upset with yeah. Mel? No, I'm not, I'm not upset. I just, when I, you heard feels... him on the K-Show the other day, did you feel hurt? Yeah, I was caught off guard. You weren't? A little bit, but I mean, we don't, we don't have the, the rights. We don't have like ownership to Mel. He can do other shows if he likes. Uh, okay, so that's I mean, I guess that's the problem then. Like uh, he's in control of the shows that he wants to do. Does he have to do the K show? Is he contractually obligated to do the K show? No, I don't think there's a contractual obligation. But I'm sure he All would right. like to go on Michael and Don and Peter and break down the, the uh, draft. And it's you know big big time in in draft news and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I, I he's welcome to go on that show. No. Now, if they had said, what's your favorite show on the station, he said the Michael K show, then I'd be horrified. But he didn't say that. I think we know that we're his guys. No, I think there's a. I think we're protective of our guests. I think we only have a couple guests that we really like. And then for them to kind of go off gallivanting with other but shows. But they're all stolen. Well, it bothers me a little bit. I, I mean, uh, Rex Ryan does Barton Hahn every week. Right? Mel goes on the K show. They're all stolen guests. I, listen, I thought there was I thought there was a special bond between us. I mean, Renan was on the K show the other day. Well, he's just that dude. He is a a media slut. Like he'll do whatever. He just wants to be on the air. He wants to be heard or seen. I can't help that. Choo choo. And he's nasty to me. I don't care what show he goes on. 
Renan is nasty to you? Mel Kuyper, I send I send copious amounts of whipped cream to. Now what happens with that? Uh, but it's not like he joins the K show mid draft like he does our show. Like we do get special treatment from Mel. All right. Well, listen, I can't help how I feel. Okay? I, I listen, mean, come on. We'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. We'll iron through any issues we have. But I, you better not ruin this relationship. All the different crab cake places this summer eating crab cakes. Hopefully, man loves crab cakes. Loves whipped cream. Loves Mel. You go pie. through a can a day of whipped cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite drop ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the case will start sending him some uh, whipped cream then. I don't see that happening. You see Michael going to the post office and, and packaging up vat of whipped cream? No. No. And last time I sent it, I didn't. I had to go to a different place to send it because they thought I was sending like weird weird stuff that they wouldn't they wouldn't send. Like waste material or something? No. They said like that they Things I, to build a bomb? Like what did they think you thought I don't know. you're sending? They said, no, we can't send it. So you I had to go to a different to place. the postal director. Oh, this guy was very nasty. Really? Yeah. Give me a name. I don't know what his name was. Find out his name. I'd like to have a written formal complaint. I said to him, I sent it. I, this same spot, I sent it out three, four times. Look, it's in your little manifesto. Look. No, can't send it. We can't send it. Wow, nasty. Let's go back to the calls. Mel in about 15 minutes. Uh, Joe in Staten Island. Good morning, Joe. Hey, guys. Good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good today. Um, actually, I just wanted to talk real quick. Uh, you know, I'm 29 years old, and to see Saban and, and Belichick and now Coach Pete Carroll, it's just kind of weird to see these guys not be with those teams. Just curious for you, you know, for you guys, do you think there's any future in coaching more for um, uh, Nick Saban? And no. Where do you think Belichick should be going after this? No, you guys don't think so. You think I, I, I can't speak for Rick. I, I would be why – would, why would you go somewhere else if you're Nick Saban? Well, you already did everything you did in college. I mean, now that there's so many openings in, in the NFL, good openings, you know, he's still young compared to, like, you know, Belichick and, and no, Co- Carroll. They're still – well, no, he's not, like, you know, ancient. He's still – he almost but I think won he's the, the national same, championship it, this year. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Saban, like, 72? Yeah, but I feel like nowadays it's different. I mean, it's just – they don't – they have so many people to rely on in the organization. They Unless they're doing the GM role, too. If they just have to coach, I mean – I, I'm not a coach, but I'm saying like these guys are great. I think you Nick Saban's like interested in doing some up. television. Would be my opinion. I'd be stunned if Nick Saban came back and coached to the NFL, anywhere. I think Nick Saban. I think there's a piece of Nick Saban that wonders what if they you're gonna, hadn't. You're going to take a job? No, I'm not. At, I'm not saying I'm going to take a job. I think right. he. I told you. I think he ends up on College Game Day. I think he's going to do TV. I think he really enjoys doing TV, and it's probably been a lot. And now with all the different rules and everything else, he's probably had enough. The transfer portal and everything else. He's like, okay, I'm done. This is good, but I do think there's probably a piece of him that thinks to himself because he, I mean, the what if? Well, yeah. What if they they didn't they didn't turn down Drew Brees? They didn't fail him on his on his medical, right? And he was their quarterback instead of going to New Orleans. Yeah. What, I mean, what kind of success? He I'm would sure have. he has a lot of what if because I'm sure he could have been a great NFL head coach as well, but it it didn't pan out for him, and he's been one of, if not the greatest, college coach in the history of the game. You know what's? I saw the video today. I don't know if you saw it or not. What's amazing is, is that when you look at him now, and he's like, for me, and this is my opinion, he's the greatest college coach of all time. I mean, it's hard to argue that, right? And then you see the video of him on the sidelines as the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick in Cleveland, and them celebrating, and Bill Belichick having him like in a headlock, giving him a noogie, celebrating. I saw that. I saw and then, and how you went from how you went from that like it's like Bill Belichick like on top of him, giving him like a. 
noogie in his hair to now he's the greatest college coach ever. And and people forget that he won a national championship with LSU as well. I don't forget that. Well, I mean, you don't. But honestly, if you if you ask 100 college football fans, if you were doing like the family feud and said, you know, Bill, uh, Nick Saban won all his titles at what school or, did you know, you, you, you phrased it appropriately. How many do you think knew that he won a championship at LSU? I think a lot of our listeners, because we have real smart listeners, would know. More than 50%? <sighs> uh, around here, maybe not, just because college football is not that big. Walk down the street and said, do you like college no. football? Love college football. Okay. How many titles did uh, Nick Saban win? Or how many schools has Nick Saban won championships? You think people know that LSU? I'd say no. I think if they said they love college football, I think they would. I, I would hope that they would know that. RJ, coming into today, did you remember that Saban had won a championship at LSU? Absolutely. Okay. Why would you question RJ sports? I, I just want to. I just. I'm asking RJ. His father-in-law thinks he's the smartest sports. You know what? I don't want to start with that again. That was nasty and that was pointed. Well, sometimes people he that, did it on sit, purpose. Sometimes people that sit in the kitchen for a lot of the reception need to be talked to nasty. Maybe I should have been in the kitchen during that toast. Maybe you should have been. Very disrespectful. I know it was, wasn't it? Or showed up on time, maybe. I was on time. There's supposed to be a buffer built in. Oh, by, by the way, I got into a fight with my friend yesterday. About, about what? About the birthday party next week. You told me not going. No. I thought. I think I might have overstepped a little bit. It's. It's. You guys, I think RJ, if anyone's going to love this. So I'm going, and we're going. And it's a, a you know, 50th, a nice dinner, restaurant, you know, private room, the whole thing. Very excited to go. Love them. Been friends since third grade, second grade. And I said... You know, I'm going to go. I, I don't want to know the scores. I don't want, if there's a bar in this area, it's got to be turned off, like very specific things. He said, absolutely. I said, would it be too much for me to ask for everyone to sign a waiver upon arrival that they will not, you know, do anything like that? And he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, if they do, they have to, like, compensate me or do something like that. He's like, no. He's like, I'm not asking my friends to sign a waiver to not give you the score. The fact that this has been your friend since the third grade, and he sounds like he was surprised at this. I don't know. I think he was. I think he was somewhat annoyed by this. Uh, what do you mean surprised? I would be surprised. I could be friends with someone for years and years and years. If you ask me, like, it's one thing to say, "Hey, can you just make sure that everyone at the party doesn't tell me the scores?" And I'm going to shut the TVs off. I no would problem. think if somebody has known Dave for that long, forty something years yeah, of their well, life, oh, that, they, that, that, that they know what the, that they know what this guy's about. And the punishment should be that they should have to oh, compensate oh, him. For oh, yeah, I mean, what, what else I'm should not, it be? I'm not defending Dave here. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not defending him. Well, but, otherwise, they, you know what? They could they could think it's funny. Like, oh, Dave, and what's the Saturday night game? Well, we won't we won't know because it's next Saturday. But you know, oh, Dave, uh, Chiefs are up on the on the you know Bills by eleven at the half. How do you feel about that? No, there should be some kind of punishment built in there. No. I can't imagine. I can't <laughs> I imagine that the guy. The guy, as you walk in, here's your. Here's where you're seating. Here's where you're <laughs> yeah. seated, and can you sign a waiver for? I, Dave? I, he goes. What do you want me to do? He said, because there's going to be like a menu. Do you want me to put it under the napkin above the menu that they have to sign it before they look at the menu? And how, I said, I said, would you? Yeah, that'd be great. How do you enforce any sort of punishment there? How do you enforce it if you're there and you turn to the person next to you and be like, I can't believe the Bills are are losing at halftime to the Chiefs. Boom. Now I know what's happening. Now you compensate. <laughs> you imagine that though seriously think about this so that's what next saturday yeah the 20th right. so in theory you know everyone has you know their menu and then the the waiver that they have to sign they all sign sign the waiver whatever listen he's he's not this wrong. guy's a this guy's a psychopath then 
some jack wagon goes, yeah, he tells the score, and then we don't have Dave for the next two days because he's he's now caught up in a lawsuit <laughs> trying to get his compensation back. He's not wrong to be mad at Dave. But really? He, but he can't be surprised. Why is RJ really saying can't. nothing? I thought you I thought you were going to be the one that appreciated the story the most. They're just trying to have a party. I think we're disturbed. I think everyone's a little bit troubled with this. I shouldn't have told you this. Oh, you're probably not. Probably I think you not. Ask probably your friend this. not. I, I think I think you misread the room. You thought we'd be on your side, and I think we're. I mean, we're, we're not surprised. But uh, listen, how many more friends can you can you afford to, to shed? This, I'll I'll take them all down if it's for the right reason. I think you're trying to. No, I'm not. I, I listen. The fact that I'm going to go to this thing is a sign of unbelievable growth for me. It, it, what's true? That he can't do his part. You. It's not his part. You. You often ask me which one of you is the, is is. The easygoing one. And I, I always say you, but it, tell you what, that gap just shrinks a little more each day. This isn't you and I, so that's why I, I you still have the crown. You know who's got my back? You know who? Who's that? John Winthrop. Well, of course. He said, I wouldn't even go to the party. Zero chance. Well, I think that's different, though. Just don't go to the party. Yeah, if you punt. Yeah, just punt. What you suggested to John many times, just punt. Over all kinds of things. Right. All sorts of things. Relationships, just punt on it. I, how about a friend of mine? This is the most egocentric thing I've ever heard of, Dave. I don't think he's wrong. He said it's so wrong. It has nothing to do with the Jets or the Giants. If they were in the game, then maybe. What's tough is that you're threatening to litigate your friends. Wow, Ryan Hurley, toolbox move. No, no. I'm not trying to litigate my friend. The person that broke the, the, the news would then have to compensate me. So they'd have to stop the party, notify the proper person that... They, there's now legal action, a, a binding contract that will be used in a court of law against them if they don't pay up. Well, why why are you so willing to just randomly throw out scores? <laughs> it, it, it's very selfish and it's nasty, especially if someone is so into it as I am. I I, I couldn't imagine. I can't believe you guys are not with me on this one. I don't the, think the fact that I have to be on an island with everything on the show, and the only person that defends me is is John Winthrop. It's amazing. So you would respect me more if I said, you know what, I'm not going to the party. Then, then I ask people to sign a simple waiver. You go to rock and jump, you sign a waiver. You rock go skiing, you sign a waiver. You're putting you're waivers are signed all over the place. You're putting yourself at risk in those situations. Right, and, and you know what? You're doing the same. You should have respect enough for the party and the 50th birthday that you will not let anyone know what the score of the game is during the course of the party. And if you can't do that, maybe you shouldn't go to the party. I'm highly troubled by this. Not anyone. You. Just you. Not anyone. You. Have you ever thought about seeking help? Yeah. Then maybe you and John should be on your own island. You know what? I can like find a lot worse up. people to be on an island with. Yeah, locked up on an island. Where you guys can just watch football all day, every day. You, you know what? When you ask me, don't tell me a score, I'm taping it, I'm going to blurt out that score. I don't ask you to do that. Cause you, so you wouldn't go to the party. Pete's 50th birthday party. You going? Yeah. And what are you, what are you doing about the whole game? I, I'll tape it. And what happens if someone randomly tells you the score? Well, then they're, they're dead to me. How about this? How about if you said, Dave, as we start the party, you give a toast, and then at the end of the toast, you say, please, whatever you do, do not tell me the score of the game. I think that's better than having your buddy have to get, make people sign waivers. No, I don't know. I, I thought the waiver was a clever idea. See, the fact that you don't know is the problem. Well, maybe that's the problem. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to iron out any issues we might have because he's going to now be a staple of the show moving forward. He is the great Mel Kuyper Jr. Good morning, Mel. How you doing? Uh, it's great to be back with the dynamic duo. I, the, the season begins now. Draft season, we kick it off today, and we roll all the way through. We got first draft podcast every Monday and Thursday with me and Field Yates. So uh, we have another one today. So it's going to be a lot of fun, lots to talk about, and a lot of exciting players at the top of this big board right now. We had Field on the show last week, and we were talking about the podcast. And if you don't listen to it, you're making a great mistake, especially if you love the draft. And everybody here does, and especially with the locals having such you know huge. Um, picks in this coming draft uh i want to i want to iron this out before we get to anything else uh, rick is upset with you i'm not 
You went on the K show the other day. Rick felt the way about it. I, I, before we have any animosity and this builds into something that could lead to a divorce, can you tell him that we're your show and you and you, you you're allowed to do other shows, which is what I tried to tell him. Yeah, I don't I, I don't have this exclusivity clause in this contract right now. Now that's something we could work on down the road, but there's not none of that in there, so I'm not I'm not breaking any rules that I know of, so I'm not going to be suspended anytime soon by you guys, I don't think. I think RJ might cut me a little slack there. So until there is that clause, I think I'm okay. So yeah. Rick do you need to chime in before we, we clear well, the air? Listen, I guess I'll, I'll blame myself here because I thought I just assumed that it was a monogamous relationship, but I guess I was wrong. That's fine. I actually, I'm actually mad at the K show, too, for putting Mel in a, in a tough spot. Of course, Mel's a good guy. He's going to say yes, but listen, we got him now. I think it's perfect timing for you, Dave, because you're taking a lot of heat on social media right now. That's fine. Lots That's of fine. heat. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take that heat right on. All right, so, so Mel, here's the question. We'll start with the quarterbacks. Do you look... Yeah, it's always something, Mel. Do you look at this and say to yourself right now, and I know things change, one, two, and three are going to all be quarterbacks taken off the board? I think it has to be. How can it be anything else? Uh, you're talking about the Bears. Uh, it could be either trading it or, or taking Caleb Williams, depending upon how they ultimately feel. Remember, a new coordinator coming in, right? So that how do they feel about Justin Fields? I've said all along, if it's a push, if you're even and you're back and forth like I've been, you have to take Caleb Williams. Now, if it's a significant difference in their minds with Justin and Caleb and say, hey, Justin Fields, we feel he's on his way to being a franchise quarterback. He's so, so close that they think there's a gap there. They have to take Caleb. So that's still to be determined, but that's going to be a quarterback, tra- a team trading up to get Caleb. Then Washington, going to take quarterback. New England has to take quarterback, and that allows Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Ohio State, to be there for Arizona at four. Then the Chargers, looking at a wide receiver offensive tackle. The Giants will have a wide receiver offensive tackle tight end staring them in the face. Same thing for Tennessee. Atlanta could be the team at eight that gives that pick up to Chicago. Chicago could end up with, you know, Caleb at one, the eighth pick for Fields, and they pick again at nine. And they could get maybe a two somewhere. They have no two because of the Montez Sweat trade, which was a great trade for them, what turned out. Beautifully. Montez Sweat led two teams in sacks this year. I think that's never happened before. So at the end of the day, the Bears could have a bonanza and actually could move down with one of those picks instead of having three in the top nine, move down in the galaxy and recoup that two by moving down. So they could really manipulate this draft uh, by trading the first pick or trading Justin Fields that really set themselves up very well moving forward. Mel, in your mind, I know still a lot of time you're left with the combine and, and everything else, pro days. Is it Caleb Williams and then than everyone else? You know, that's a great question because I go back and forth on that. If you watch Caleb last year in 2022, yeah, there was no no discussion. If you saw him from the Arizona game on forward this year, particularly the Notre Dame game, which followed the Arizona game, which they ended up coming back and winning in overtime against a really good Arizona team. Jed Fish did a great job there. They won 10 football games. They were unbeatable down the stretch after Noah Fafita took over at quarterback. So I'd say if you saw him up until that point, (laughs) we're not even talking, but you have to go back to those games. What went wrong? What was happening where Caleb didn't look as good as he had? At the end of the day, though, he still had 93 touchdowns he accounted for. That includes the 21 rushing touchdowns. No, he 10 interceptions. And guess what? We can talk all we want about this year not being as great as it was last year. His completion percentage this year was higher than last year. So, and he didn't have Jordan Addison, guys. So, yes, for me, it's Caleb Williams. Then the debate, this is the debate, is it Drake May or Jaden Daniels 
as the second-best quarterback in this draft. That's where you're going to have a lot of work to do to try to figure that one out. I still think, Caleb, there's no debate on who the number one quarterback is. All right, Mel Kuyper Jr. with us here, 9870 ESPN. So those are your top three. But Michael Penix had a, a really good, a great season, great semifinal, struggled in the championship game. Is he four? Is McCarthy four? Is Bo Nix four? And how high up the board do you like? If the Giants determine they want a quarterback, can they take one of those guys six, or do they have to move back or move up into the first round to get that guy? Well, I'll put it this way: if if you're looking at Daniel Jones compared to the fourth, fifth, and sixth quarterback in this draft, Daniel Jones is miles ahead. So if the Daniel Jones haters out there want to scream and yell at me, go right ahead. That's my opinion. Daniel Jones is light years ahead of everybody else in the draft. The only players that would make quarterbacks would make you think would be the top three. After that, no. So, you know, you've know, you got a much better quarterback, in my opinion, than Daniel Jones. So I'd be happy with that. Uh, and then you can obviously help him by getting a – Lineman, offensive lineman, wide receiver, tight end at, at the sixth spot. So, yeah, there's no quarterback to consider at six, believe me. I, that, that's not going to happen. Michael Penix Jr. may be, and they say, well, where will he go? The, the medical is going to be big for him. He had four injuries at Indiana. He's been healthy the last two years, so he got banged up at the, in that game where he showed a lot of guts just finishing that game the other night. Uh, like I say, it was unbelievable in the semifinal game, as you noted. Everything he did great in that game, he didn't do well in the game against Michigan. Now, the defense you know, got after him. I get all that, the inside pressure with Graham and, and Grant. Uh, and, and obviously having Will Johnson a cornerback, but he was beaten. He just couldn't get the ball to Odunze, couldn't get on the, the ball accurately to his receivers. I don't know. He was like the pitcher that just didn't bring his good stuff. He just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. Like, get him out of there. Second inning, he just doesn't have it. You give him a chance in the third inning. Give him a chance in the fourth inning. Gonna, and all of a sudden, you got ten runs on the board. <laughs> I just kept waiting for him to find his great stuff. We never, we never saw Michael Penix Jr. find his, his stuff in that game. And, I, and so, do you kill him for one game? I don't. I dropped him on the big board from 10 to 15. I didn't drop him to 30, 40, 50. Mel, how many of these quarterbacks do you think go in the first round? I think those are the top three, and then Penix Jr. could be. Uh, I don't – I just – J.J. McCarthy loved the kid. Love his competitiveness. I love the way he can move the chain. He can beat you with his legs. I mean, he made throws in that game that were NFL throws, and then he had a couple of throws that were beautiful in key moments that were dropped, one by Colston Loveland, one by Cornelius Johnson. They didn't ask him. They never asked him to carry this team. It was the you know, offensive line in a running game that can the defense that carried this team to a national title. So there was never that wow, you know, unbelievable, yes, I see it screams first round with J.J. No, it screams more second round. So, no, I, I think you'll have three and potentially four quarterbacks. And maybe J.J. gets four. Maybe somebody does. Maybe it's a quarterback. They always get pushed up. I have, we saw you know, quarterbacks that weren't very good in the NFL still go in the middle of the first round. I give you a laundry list of names of those guys, which I can waste time with. You know who they are. So, yeah, there's a chance he could, but I do not right now have a first-round grade. I dropped him out of the top 25. Right now I don't have a first-round grade on J.J. McCarthy. All right, so as we sit here, and we've kind of covered the quarterbacks pretty well, um, Marvin Harrison has to be the top receiver on the board. After that, who do you have as your, your next kind of two, three, four receivers? Well, I'll tell you what, two, three, and four are very, very close to, to Marvin. And in, in any other draft, we'd be sitting here being thrilled to have Romo Dunze or Malik Neighbors be wide receiver one. So, yeah, they're going to be the, the battle there is between Rome and Malik to see who do you like better. Right now I have Rome at five on the big board, Malik at six. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's a kid by the name of 
Brian Thomas Jr., the other wide receiver at LSU, who's big. He averaged 17-3 a catch. Uh, he gets late separation. He led the nation with 17 touchdown receptions. Uh, I mean, he had a big jump in production this year. Yes, he needs a little more polish. He's just scratching the surface of what he can become in the NFL. But there's a kid to really keep a close eye. He's going to go very high, uh, as will Keon Coleman from Florida State, who slipped back just a bit and then covered Xavier Worthy at Texas. So this is a really good wide receiver group with six potential first-round wide receivers, but believe me, Romo Dunze and Malik Neighbors are going to go, I think, because you're looking at the, the, uh, the Arizona taking Marvin, then the Chargers, the Giants, Tennessee, you know, Chicago, the Jets, all those teams could take a wide receiver. So I think there's going to be three wide receivers, certainly off the board, by the 10th pick overall. Mel, let me ask you this. It seems like it's, a, it's an, an epidemic right now in the NFL. It's just, it's finding good Good tackles. Like everyone, Jets, Giants, I mean, they've tried, can't fix it. How hard is it, first part of the question, how hard is it to for you to evaluate the tackles coming out of college? And is there one or two that kind of stand out to you in this year's draft that you feel pretty confident saying, you know, first day you plug those guys in, they're going to be your tackle? It's always been a pretty safe position to draft. You know what you're getting there. You have You have flexibility with guys that maybe were left tackles, that they struggle there. Even back in the history of the draft, some of the guys we considered bust were able to solidify the, the, themselves as a guard. Okay, and they moved inside. That can I say you could go you can go left tackle to right tackle and if you can't handle there you move inside to guard. So if these kids are talented enough, they're gonna find a home. So the bus factor is very limited. Okay, so you can get product you can get a guy to give you some performance, some decent performances, even if he isn't a is a bust that's a left tackle for the most part. So I think when you look at Olu Fashionu from Penn State, uh, he's gonna go top ten. Joe Alt is going to go offensive tackle. Notre Dame is going to go somewhere in the top 10. Troy Fatanu, left tackle, who will be a guard or right tackle in the NFL of Washington, will probably be a mid-first rounder. Uh, the Oregon State kid, Fuaga, Latham, the right tackle at Alabama, Mims, the right tackle at Georgia, Jordan Morgan, left tackle Arizona. You're going to have a lot of offensive linemen go in the first round, but in the top 10, it's fashion new and all. And that's where you say they're left tackles. Yeah, they, could they play right tackle? You think about opportunities with uh, uh, Troy Fatanu to move to guard. I think he'll be a great guard in the NFL, but he's playing left tackle at Washington. So there's going to be, like I say, some, like I say, a lot of offensive linemen going around one. All right, Mel, last one for me, and we'll do this often, so we'll, we'll you know, bring your insight to the listeners here at 98.7 ESPN continuously. But I want to ask you about, you talk about the tackle safe. How surprised are you when you did all your homework and, and ranked them and put them up there that Evan Neal has been this much of a massive disappointment so far in his NFL career? Well, I think he's going to be a guard. I think he's going to be an offensive guard. He was in a play guard at Alabama at a high level. And I think, remember Tony Mandarich. They say, oh, he was a bust. He went number one ahead of Troy Aikman. He ended up being a pretty good guard in the NFL, right? So that had over and going to go look a number. I can list a lot of names of guys that did the exact same thing. So I think that's going to be his home in the NFL. You know, with Andrew Thomas, you have him. You find that right tackle. You, move, you have the opportunity with Neal. You have an opportunity to see if he can develop there. If not, you know, kick him inside the guard. And all of a sudden, you know, Michael Schmitz will be better. You got the right tackle. You move him to guard, and then you're solidifying your offensive line. So I think that's, like I said, that's the, the versatility and the ability to shift offensive linemen around. And Neil has played guard. He played at Alabama at, I say, a pretty high level. So I think you have a chance to, to, to get this group together if you add that one key piece, whether it's fashion new or all in the, round, in the first round, and then take advantage of some of the depth. And, and you have depth and offense on the offensive line. So they could go, you know, they have a couple different ways they could go here, but, uh, you know, getting an offensive lineman is a, certainly a possibility. 
Mel Kuyper joins us here in the show. Last one before we let you go, Mel. So, uh, it, and it's hopefully it's not too long, but you saw the impact that Sam Laporte instantly had in Detroit. I want to know how how good is is Brock Bowers going to be at this next level? Brock Bowers can do everything you want. I mean, he had the uh, the tightrope surgery this year with the ankle injury. Came back from it. Obviously, you come back from that, you're not going to have the, the impact you did. But the way he catches the football, the way he runs after the catch, uh, he'll block. Uh, he's a great kid. Uh, to me, you know, he's pretty safe to go somewhere. Again, you're talking about where the Giants pick Tennessee. You think about the Jets going down. I mean, he's going to go somewhere in the top ten. And and you think about well, where is the tight end position after him? It, it, there's not a Brock Bowers. Jatavian Sanders at Texas didn't have the consistent productivity to be a first-rounder, or even though he has first-round talent. you got some other guys that are decent to good. you got some H-backs that I really like. The Westover kid from Washington's a nice player. Sinnott at Kansas State. Nesbitt at North Carolina. Bell at Florida State. But they're all third, fourth-round guys. So it's really Brock Bowers and everybody else at that spot this year. You're the best. We appreciate you. Love your podcast. It's the first draft podcast. Drops every Monday and Thursday with our buddy Field Yates and Mel Kuyper. Mel, the best. Talk to you soon. And just know, in our hearts, you'll always be number one. Remember, lack of exclusivity can be a problem. Yeah, but you know know what's great? Whipped cream. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you'll do anything to get me to, to give in and, and, and make this an exclusive deal. Hey, hey, keep it coming, guys. Enjoy it. It's going to be a fun ride. Can't wait. Thanks, Mel. Appreciate you. You got it, buddy. Have a great weekend. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. 24 years coaching one team? You don't see see that every day. No, especially now. That's an unbelievable run. You think you'll ever see a coach coach for 24 years in one football team? In the NFL? Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin's on his way. I mean, the guy he never is. has a losing season, but right, he sure is. What is he? Seventeen? Well, just the I mean, and and just the like the willingness to put in that kind of work for that many years. I don't know if you saw this because we talked about it yesterday. I said the, the days are so long, and you said, "Yeah, but he loves it. It's what he knows." I said, "But they're so long, and it takes up so much of your life, and you know, really eliminates things you can do otherwise." Saban came out yesterday after and, and said, you know what? I'm not 62 anymore. An 18-hour day is at 72 years old is a lot to handle. Yeah, it is a lot to handle, especially with how, I mean, how much work now at that, I mean, in, in the college level, like, that you have to do, like, all the other things that are happening now. It doesn't stop. Like, there's a lot that Nick Saban has to do that in the past he, he didn't have to worry about. I, I mean, here's the, thing, the way I look at Belichick. He's a football lifer, like lifer. Right. Dad was a coach. He's coached since he's like 22 years old as an unpaid assistant, as, you know, getting coffee and breaking down film. And I mean, offense, defense, you know, special teams, linebackers. And and it's all he knows. It's all he knows his entire life. But man, to think of a 72, 73 year old, 75 year old, eventually man coaching and sleeping on the couch and just doing it. It's it's a lot to think about. 
it's a lot to think about, but that's who he is. I know. And he's had the and he's had the ability now because of his success. I mean, you realize that in twenty four seasons with the Patriots, he won the AFC East seventeen times. Yeah. And now he gets a chance to coach with his kids. Which has to be phenomenal. Which right, which is another reason why you would continue to do it. Right. And I guess now the maybe, question would be with those guys is are they coaches if he's not there? Yeah, I mean, but to, to be able to share that with your kids, you know, you know, set them on their way, hopefully, for long, illustrious coaching careers. And now maybe after 24 seasons, if there was any any thought of, you know, this relationship with, with the Patriots kind of isn't what what it used to be or what I want it to be, that going someplace else kind of at his age reinvigorates him. Um, you know, RJ keeps bringing me back here, and it's not me as much as him, but he really feels strongly about this. That the Giants should should move on from their current regime and bring in Bill Belichick. Well, not not Belichick specifically necessarily, but I think one of these coaches that's available. I think there's a chance we're looking here. We're sitting here next year saying, you know what, they should have thought about it. Yeah, but if you're going to do it for any of these guys, the one that makes the most sense is Belichick. Maybe I mean you have to see who has interest in you, and I'm not saying they should just inherently, you know, blow everybody out today. But what I am saying is if if one of these coaches you respect, and that list, I guess, starts with Belichick now, and what's happened the last couple of days, if they if you have word and you trust it from them or their agent that they have interest, I think you have to have a real long look about what you're doing. All right. Harbaugh is not going to come to the Giants. It, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't not. think he'd wind up here. You would fire... Um, I think Vrabel's better than Dable and certainly has a longer track record, but I, I don't know. I mean... Am I going to fire and move on from my staff to to bring in Mike Rabel? Well, you really have no staff now. I well, think we've already uh, true. Well, the problem is the staff doesn't like your head coach. We've already taken care of the staff part, right? <laughs> but but do I do I have to fire Joe Shane as well? If you bring in Belichick, if I bring in anybody, any of these guys? Well, no, I don't think it. I don't think that that you know Vrabel comes with the same kind of gravitas that that Belichick has. I think like, that's that's one of the only answers, sir, to step under Rick. I think that's one of the only answers that, that Shane should know. Is Brian Dable the problem? Because if he goes, you know, to the wall for Dable, like Rick said earlier, they're, then they're a package deal. Then you, then you roll with them. But if he has his concerns, what I can guarantee you is what, what you have to choose from on the menu next offseason will not be what it is now. It probably that's correct. It will probably never be what it is now ever again. That's right. I mean, Belichick, first ballot, unanimous Hall of Famer. Vrabel is an... an I, I think an underrated, phenomenal coach. Jim Harbaugh, all he does is, is win everywhere he goes, right? And that's not even inclusive of the young coaches who are going to wind up getting jobs. I sneezed. Sorry. Bless no, you. I think, this is, I think this is one of those situations, uh, to make an analogy here, is you just, I mean, you just bought a house two years ago. You like the house, but you've always had your eye on this one house. If this house ever becomes available, I want that house. House... House just became available. Right. How attached sure to this how attached to this house that you're in now are you? And this is your last chance. Like th- this house will never become available again. No, you'll, this is ne- it. you'll never have a chance of getting this house with the pool and the tennis court and hopefully the driveway is tacked on that it's not stolen. It'll never <laughs> ever happen. <laughs> Only chance you'll ever have to get this house. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I listen, I, I mean I don't think it happens. But I think it's certainly worthy of discussion. No, I think it's I think it's worthy of discussion for a lot of teams. Like I'm I'm really surprised that the Chicago Bears decided to to announce yesterday that Matt Eberflus is coming back. I can't I can't believe it. Like that that to me feels like franchise malpractice. Mel just talk talk you through it. You have the first pick, you have the ninth pick, right? You could trade Fields and get huge ammunition from him as well. 
and you decide that you want all this to be under the auspices of, of Matt Eberflus? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I really am. Because I, I, RJ's right. Like, I mean, they, the the thing you have to worry about is, and you saw it happen, you saw it start to happen this, this season when the team got off to a bad start and they're 2-8, and eight, is that there were a lot of people questioning whether or not Brian Dable was the guy for this job. Right. And they found a way to kind of get the wheels back back on track and, and play better down the stretch and some games they should have won. But now with all this, this noise, with Wink and you know the coaches that they're having to fire, Kafka might not really like Brian Dable, and you have the opportunity with this level of coach, these level of coaches available. Like if, if you do struggle next year and you have to move on from Brian Dable, RJ's right, you're not going to have You'll never a, get this chance again, ever. The same kind of crop. Never. You'll never see this kind of crop ever again, period. Pete Carroll's available. I got to be honest. If I'm the Jets, I, I know they won't. I rethink my entire thing as well. Look at the coaches that are sitting here right now. Pete Carroll's an excellent NFL head coach. I know he's been here, but it was a long, long time ago with a different regime. You wouldn't take a, a shot at Pete Carroll? Mike Vrabel? I would take a shot at Mike Vrabel, but I think they've made their minds up that they're going to uh, run this thing back. Seems, and if it seems stubborn, work, and, and quite frankly, it seems kind of dumb to me. Well, I mean, they're not the smartest organization, and I think there's one person in that building that's actually won anything, and it's Darren Rodgers, so they're right. going to roll with that. Okay. All right, let's 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 break. We'll come back. We'll get to the calls. They're all lined up. 1-800-919-3776. You got stuff you missed. You got everything happening right here on 98.7 ESPN. Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like... Free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals with Vivid Seats rewards you can earn with every purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all of the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN New York app, or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.